Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I, well, we were going to do a winter preview, but as we started going through all of the books that are coming out in the next two to three months, there were just too many. So we decided to just talk about books that are going to be coming out in January. <laughs> yes. Embarrassment of riches. I was, yeah, I was, I'm overwhelmed. People are back from the holidays, and I guess it is, you know, back to book selling with a vengeance. Yeah. So if you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, don't worry. There's lots to pick up now. That's equally as compelling. So we're going to get into what we have been reading and all of that. The first thing I want, I just want to ask Gail because I have such a long list of books, how she came to picking the books that are on her list. Oh, the, like, the January was there any, ones? The January ones. Was there anything specific that you felt like jumped out on you? I feel like we need to do a separate one for nonfiction because there were a few nonfiction things, and I used that to pare my list down. So I said, oh, we'll talk about nonfiction later. And I also tried not to include a lot of psychological fiction just because I feel like this is a period where so much of it comes out that we could actually talk about that at some other point. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see how many, um, how many I get through and then maybe I'll throw in a few popcorn like books. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I didn't really have much rhyme or reason to it. I just started kind of rooting around yeah, and just looking at, you know, if it was an author I recognized, I was checking that out, just checking out. I mean, sometimes I'd go by title. I know that sounds really weird because, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, take a stab at it. But there were a lot of really compelling ones. And then I was just about to add one, and I noticed you had it on your list. So, um, Which one is that? The Danny Shapiro memoir. I was yes, going to add that. I, I, had, um, I was wondering if you would have that on your list. I feel like I saw it on your list. That's because I, I texted it, it to you like a week ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's before right. I started my list, I texted it to you. So I came across that text this morning, and I was going to add it, and then I saw that you'd added it too. Um, well, I'm glad that you are going to be reading some Danny Shapiro, because I remember really recommending her to you and Sarah, either when we were on Sarah's podcast or um, when she was on ours a couple of like last week or something. Yeah, I've read something by her before. Um, I'm, Have you? Yeah, I'm checking my blog right now to see what it was. She is just a professional memoirist. She's always taking a different look at some aspect of her life. Like I read one where she was sort of um, taking a look at her marriage. That was really interesting. This new one that she has coming out, and I guess I'm jumping the gun here, it's about her finding out that her biological father isn't her biological father, which I think is is um that's just really a juicy type of of memoir to read mm-hmm. but we'll get to that more in a bit i've read um i've actually read two books by her that were um both fiction i read a book called ah. family history and i also read a book called black and white 
and both of them are fiction. And I even have a cute... That's so funny that I've, I've, I know her as a memoirist and yeah. I've read her fiction. Well, this was a while ago. So Family History was 2008 and Black and White was 2007. I even have a Q&A with her um, uh, from 2008. So I guess after I posted my review of Family History, she reached out to me, I think. It says here, mm-hmm. it says that she reached out to me and then I asked her a whole bunch of questions about the book, um, which was really cool. Oh, so you have an interview with her mm-hmm. on your blog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's old. It's 10 years old, but it's, uh, I asked her about the process of writing, how she chose the setting of the book, um, authors that she really likes, a uh, little bit about the plot of that book. And then this was, it's so interesting. I wrote this. 10 years ago, I said that you found me from my blog. How has social media affected your relationship with your readers? Because you know, this is a theme I always am interested in. And she said she tries to remove herself from social media while she's writing a book. Having the internet as a constant battle, uh, having it available as a constant battle and enticement. And she wants to know what are people saying about me? How do they feel about my books? But then she says, connecting with people who care about the written word is very satisfying. I had never written to a blogger before, before I came upon your website. And I'm so glad I did. So I don't know if this would happen today. This was 10 years ago when, you know, book blogging was a lot more rare. But, um, yeah, I'll send you this link. And if you want to put that in the show notes, it's kind of cool because it just talks about her reading. That's I mean, really writing. funny. I feel like between the two of us, we've probably interviewed quite a few authors who are now too big to talk to us. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, um Lauren Groff is, is one of them. Cause I think I read one of her first books and that was when she first started publishing. And of course yeah, there was this push, you know, for please read my book kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And like Kelly she is now. Yeah. She's just like, now I've got Obama who um, put my book on his reading list. Right. And... Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I have some news for you. What's that? That I just came across. I was just like, browsing internet uh entertainment weekly this morning and i saw that reese witherspoon is going to be producing daisy jones and daisy jones and the six for an amazon series oh yeah i think i i think i knew that did you know that i did know that i didn't know that she also just picked another book uh that i've recently read i'm trying to remember which one it was i can't keep up with reese i know she needs a website she probably does have a website that's listing all of her projects. I'll have to take a look at that because I feel like, I don't know, everything that I read and think is kind of interesting, she has already just optioned and is on it and is going to make a movie out of it. Yeah. She's definitely the, like, contemporary fiction voice, or she's the the segue from book to screen, it right. seems like. So what have you been reading? I still have not been reading. Well, that's okay. I still have not been reading. I think I'm just, I'm a little bit slumped. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe some of these. But I have lots of things that I that I want to read. Actually, that's not true. I feel like I lie to people all the time. I have been reading this book that is coming out soon. It's called Free Fall. It's about this, um, this estranged mother and daughter. And the daughter is... She is on a private plane with someone. The plane crashes. Um, The gentleman that she's traveling with is dead. And she crashes in the mountains. And you realize very quickly 
that she is on the run from something that has happened. Looks like she was in the middle of trying to escape. Not sure what her relationship is to the man who died. Does seem like someone is after her and she has to figure out how to get home where her mother has found, um, she's got news that her daughter is in this plane crash. I think something's going to lead her to maybe suspect that her daughter might be alive. She doesn't want to give up hope. But it's also about the fact that they were estranged when the daughter was in this plane crash. And it gets into the reasons why they were, and it gets into her investigation of what's been going on with her daughter in the last couple of years. Because, you know, as news of the crash makes it into the media, she's seeing pictures of her daughter that she hasn't seen. And it seems like she just is not the young woman who she was two or three years ago when they were still speaking. So I'm reading that, you know, I'm picking that up and reading that. And it's, it's, it's good. I think I got that book in the mail. Um, Do you think I'd like it? I don't know because I, I'm not sure yet how thrillery it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Like so far, everything, the setup is plausible, but you know how sometimes with these books, they spin off into crazy, but so far it's worthwhile. You know, so far it's a lot about their relationship and, and, you know, just some real things that can happen, you know, like what would happen to make them estranged and, you know, what happened to what happened with her daughter that she didn't feel like she could come home and, you know, that her life has spiraled into some um, just her meeting questionable people and, and involved in questionable activity. So, so far, so good. But I'm reading it very slowly because okay. like mostly, mostly I'm just still watching football. <laughs> um, so what okay. about you? Uh, so I finished a couple of things to finish off the year. Um, I finished the four, the book about, um, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google, which was really good. And, um, I sort of made the mistake. And you listened to that on audio, did you say? Yes. I listened to that on audio and I sort of made the mistake of like recommending this book to our senior leadership team here at HomeSnap. And my CEO wrote back and he's like, can you give us five main points from the book. Like, and and what bearing do they have on our business? And I was like, okay. Homework. Homework. (laughs) So that's the last time I recommend a book. Um, So I got to do that. I'm going to write the review of this book today and I'm going to do the the takeaways. Yeah. Um, But that was really good. So if you're at all interested in modern economy, the world of technology, these four companies, I thought it was really good. Don't recommend it to your boss, though. Yeah, don't recommend it to your boss. Write a book Um, report. (laughs) And it's very, like, the guy who wrote it is kind of irreverent. Like, he uses, like, bad words and talks about sex and stuff. So it's, like, it's funny. Like, it's not like a dry business book. It's actually really funny in a lot of places. And I definitely learned a lot in there. So that was good. Um, I read uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe with my son. And I'm excited because that's a book I have not read since I was really little. And so we're going to start that whole series, I think. And we watched the movie together so we could compare book versus movie. So I think I'm going to do a book versus movie post, which I haven't done in years. Did he like the movie? Yeah, he did. The movie was really good. And he liked Better him. than the book or? Mm, I think he liked them both for different reasons. I mean, I like he likes the book because we kind of get all snuggled up and read it. And he likes to stop me and ask a lot of questions. 
And then the movie, it's always fun to read the movie after, to watch the movie afterwards because then you can visualize that stuff. There's a lot, in that book, there's a lot of description of the surroundings and the weather and the distant castle and stuff. And I find that stuff kind of boring in print, but there it was all laid out in the movie. So that was nice. Oh, I love that Gail is reading fantasy novels. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so that was. So now that. we have to get you to read an adult fantasy novel I know, this year. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and then the other book I read was Asymmetry by Lisa Halliday, which has been on a lot of top 10 lists. Best of lists. Yeah. Yes. New York Times. Best of 2018. Yeah. And. Did you like it? I did not. I didn't. I couldn't get past the first section. And I still want to read it part. because I'm like super curious because it has been on so many lists and it's a short book, so I feel like oh, don't I bother. should be able don't to bother. Don't, finish don't waste it. Your no. Time. no. <laughs> I thought it sucked. Like the first section is interesting. It's about a young woman who's involved with an older, renowned novelist who's you know, very thinly veiled Philip, Philip Roth. Philip Roth. Right. He's Ezra Klein in this book, but he's, you know, another Jewish, <laughs> older Jewish white male living on the Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. And then the second section is about this Iraq, Iraqi American man who is detained at Heathrow on his way flying from L.A. to Iraq to visit his family who hasn't seen in a long time. And it's this meandering, like, history of his life with no discernible purpose that kind of jumps back and forth between the room he's detained in and then all these flashbacks to his childhood and his grandmother's house and his ex-girlfriend and it's just super boring and I have to be honest I just started skimming it because I was like what is the point of this (laughs) and then so does it all come together no it does not come together it supposedly comes together in section three but section three is a long interview with Ezra Klein about desert island discs like what are the what are the musical recordings that had the most impact on him in his life and it's him answering those questions and that's the book hmm. like it just it was not I, I do not understand the hype i do not think maybe i'm just not smart enough for that book because i know people who like gush over it i just ugh, did not like it so it's sort of like your um what was my rest and relaxation mm-hmm which everyone loves and gushed over. And it's like, I mean, her writing is, she is a, you know, her writing is really good, but I, the story, I was just sort of like, okay, I get it. Yeah. You know, but yeah. what's the, what's the point of me getting this? Yeah. That's, that's I how know. I, that's how I felt about, um, about this one. Her writing is good. I'm sure. She's a promising career out of her, but oh my God, that just did <laughs> not do it for me. <laughs> I think a friend of mine, I remember, did that, I think that came out early in 2018, I believe, because I had run into a friend or maybe, yeah, sometime in the spring, yeah. because I ran into a friend and he recommended this book to me and he was just like, his friend had done the cover cover design. And at that point, I think I had started reading it, but had just kind of wandered away from it because it wasn't holding my attention. I remember going, oh, yeah, you know, because he was, he was really into it. He, he thought it was really good. Yeah, I just, yeah, I do not recommend that book. Okay, well, if six months to a year later I have not gotten through it and you vehemently <laughs> say don't waste, 
don't waste my time, yeah. then I'll take your word for it. That's going on the Spivey swap. <laughs> but I think it's already up there. Uh, but the books. Will the, anyone want it? I mean, it's on so many best yeah, yeah, lists no, that I'm sure you it. will find people a taker. I just haven't liked what they've had to swap for. So, um, right. It hasn't happened yet. I've learned so with the uh, Spivey swap, the way to make it work is to be really specific about what you want. If I mean, if you have picky taste like I do, like if you, you know, if you're a more open-minded reader, then, you know, then eventually someone will post something that you like. But I'm realizing that to me, for me, I just need to say exactly what it is that I want. Right. Well, what were you getting offered? Um, let's see. Someone offered me... Uh, let's see, I'll pull it up. Someone offered me something I'd already read. I'm trying to remember what mm-hmm. that one was. And then someone offered me, oh, a thriller that looked really scary. And I was like, I don't oh. think I'm going to like that. Like, I, the the goal of this is not to get more books in the house that no, I don't want. It's just to get something that you something might I really want. want. Okay, here we go. So I posted, I posted that book and I also posted a mystery that came in the mail that I don't want either. Um, sorry. Trying to get this, um, trying to get this post up, find the, the Facebook post. Um, I got a mystery in the mail that I don't want. And so I posted both of them. Oh, somebody offered me Sing on Buried Sing, which I have. And then someone offered me The Wife Between Us, which we both read, and Pretty Girls, which looked scary. Hmm. And those are the only two I have gotten offered for those two books. Right. So, I don't know. Maybe the word is out that this book sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, those are the books that you finished up. Is there yeah. anything that you're reading? I started. I want to read. I'll, I can say this very quickly. I want to read If Beale Street Could Talk because I want to see the movie oh, by yeah, James, yeah, yeah. James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. So, that's going to be my project over the next week. And then I think I have... I'm supposed to be reading something that I'm really looking forward to, the Tony Adeyemi book, The Children of Blood and Bone, Mm -hmm. which in researching this show, I found out the sequel is coming up in March. So this is a good time Uh, to read that. Yes. So now take it. What were you going to say? Well, I started Becoming. I'm like 25 pages in. So uh, Michelle Obama and I are going to go on vacation together tomorrow and I'll bring that. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm also bringing um, the why am I blanking on the name the Rebecca Mackay book. Um, okay, the Great Believers. The Great Believers. That's going to be my book club book for January. So that's okay. coming. And then I have my Kindle, which has Daisy Jones on it, and has like three or four other books that I've gotten from NetGalley that are on there. I can't remember what they're called. So kind of early 2019 releases. So I'll bring the Kindle. Are those the only things that are on your Kindle? Like three or four books? Yeah, there's like four books on. Well, yeah, because I clear out stuff. I don't, you know, I don't read that on there very often. Right. So I clear stuff off. So there's not, I mean, I, there were some kids' books on there that my kids had read. And there's like, no, there's a couple other books on there, I think. But I, I, I don't like to read on Kindle. So I'm only going to, I'll probably just do Daisy Jones. And then if I can get to some of those other review copies, maybe I will. But Michelle Obama's book is long, and the the Great Believers is also long. So I'm not right. I was going to say I think that you you will have a lot. Yeah, Um, and I'm not. I think that you should bring something sort of. Oh, you won't. Mm -mm. 
Where are you going? Montana and Seattle, but it's like lots of like family and friend time. So it's not like sitting around with nothing okay. to do time. Yeah. Right. This is people you haven't seen. You have to engage. Well, we look forward to hearing about um, what you read. Thank you. Yeah, are you still reading Becoming or did you finish it? I didn't finish it. I didn't really start it yet. Like I read the prologue yeah. and was super excited about it. The prologue was like three so, pages and it was awesome. <laughs> I know. I, I like, know. It was so good. I know. I mean, I, I'm in like her early Chicago years right now, but even that's really good. I mean, that's... Yeah, that is really good. Yeah. I, th- I think I may have read a tiny bit of that because she's talking about, is it her grandmother that she lives with? Yeah, her great aunt. The, the piano. Her piano. The piano lessons. Yeah. And- yeah, her great aunt. Yeah, it's, I mean, the whole book's going to be really good. I mean, you're right. It's not going to be like, a, oh, my God, stay up late at night, read it. I, I, hopefully I've got that with the other stuff I'm bringing. But I, I just. I, but it might be. I mean, yeah, I think that I think that you you have made good selections. No, oh, well, thank you. You'll be good. You'll be good. All right. So that's what you're reading now. You're you're going to be going on vacation. Yeah. So I'll, you'll report back. Yes. So now we'll let's let's get into January let's, books. Let's get into January books. So you have to go first because I have to. I have this long list. We so, well, let's just sort of talk about Inheritance by Danny Shapiro since we've already mentioned that one. Okay. And you had that on your list, and how'd you come across it? And I don't what remember. Made, uh, what was it? Was it that? Was it that? I mean, that story is super compelling. You take a DNA test and you find out your dad is not your dad. And did this, so it did this happen her to her? It's a memoir, right? Well, yeah, this is a memoir. Yeah, okay. I mean, I don't know. She's one of those authors that I, whenever I see her name, I, I you know, will look to see what it is, especially because I've interacted with her before. And yeah, this just seems like a good premise. So that was like a no-brainer to go on my list. I'm like anti-DNA test. <laughs> <laughs> why? Because of this? Yeah. It's just like, why stir the pot like that? I'm not curious in that way to find out anything. And and besides the fact that they, you know, who knows what they're going to be using DNA. Yeah. Like, I just don't feel like in this time of invasive government and invasive tech and where everyone, you know, all these privacy things that I should be giving up something like DNA. I got to some website when I was like, I don't know, a young blogger, probably like 10 years ago, I went to some DC blogger events, DC mom blogger event. I used to contribute to like a collection, a collective of DC mom blog stuff. And I got a free, uh, subscriber like kit from, um, 23 and me. And of course I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. So, I mean, I've had my DNA on file with them forever. You know, it's just mm-hmm. sort of before I think we all like really thought that much about the privacy implications of it. Um, right. And it hasn't really done too much for me other than, you know, I got like, it gave me like a full medical workup so I could see, you know, my l- likelihood or l- whether I was more likely to carry or can have certain conditions or diseases than others or than, mm-hmm. than the general population. But then like out of the blue, I got this email like a month ago from some guy in, I don't even know where he was. Eastern <laughs> Europe, somewhere. He's like, I think He's we're second for cousins. You. He says, twenty three and me says we're second cousins. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I you know, I don't really, I can't really trace my I family back that far. Some I, random, right? Yeah. So second cousin, Vladimir, from someone. 
So I need to uh, I, I need to write him back, which I haven't done. But it, it's actually it's funny. They did send me a, an email a couple years ago, saying we have found somebody that seems like your first cousin, and sure enough, he is my first cousin. I mean, I you know, it's not somebody. Was it a I first cousin about. that you knew? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he's my dad's brother's son. But I mean, clearly the system works. My point is the system works. Like they you know they had no reason to know we were related other oh, yeah. than that they screened our DNA. So anyway, I have no doubt that the the system works. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's probably part of my reluctance right. with it. Right? Did you find out anything? Dis- de, um, did you find out anything surprising? No, not really. Um, I mean, your father's your father, and your mother's your yeah, mother. Yeah. Well, they haven't done it. Um, so, so they it, it didn't connect me that way. I, I actually found it helpful for the medical stuff. Like, I mean, not to get right. super personal, but like they. You can find out, like, for example, if you carry the BRCA gene, which thankfully I do not. But, like, that was that was one thing that I was like, okay, this is worth it. I mean, granted, the whole thing was free. I didn't pay for it. But if, I think when they first introduced this kit, it was several hundred dollars. Maybe it still is. Right. Um, but, like, they make you, if you want to know whether you're carrying the BRCA gene, you have, to, you have to click through a whole bunch of screens. They're like, are you sure you want to know? You know, it's not... 100% doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get it. So they it. don't spring it on you. They don't spring it on you, and they make sure you're very, very prepared. But it's like screen after screen after screen. I finally clicked, and it's like you, you don't, <laughs> you know, you don't carry this particular, you know, they're also, they also condition it. Like there's a lot of different strains of the BRCA gene, but they tell you like which ones you don't test positive for. But so for me, that was right. probably the most interesting thing. Oh, yeah. It also confirmed for me that I'm 99% Ashkenazi Jew, which I <laughs> knew that also. So surprise. Yeah, like there's not any like surprise um, you know, uh genetic background in there like oh, you know. Yeah, you're not Bennett Affleck hiding anything or Right. I'm not part Cherokee Indian. So, um yeah. <laughs> Gail, really? <laughs> yeah, it's shocking. shocking. I've always harbored my suspicions and to have them shot yeah. down. Yeah. So, I mean, I think for some people it could probably be really really interesting, but for me, it mm-hmm. was All right, that was a little bit of a tangent there. But um, it was, but it was interesting. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's the, the story next. with uh, inheritance. So it sounds like you and I were both intrigued by the, the storyline of this one, and I'll definitely read. It. That comes out on January the fifteenth. And another one I'll get out of the way early is a book that we've already talked about on the show, but I just put it in here. Um, you had talked about the book Made by Stephanie Land, and um, that is about a woman who's trying to get a single mother who's trying to get by sorry my computer just went to sleep i'm looking at the spreadsheet um is trying to get by on her what she's making being a maid and i knew you and i spent some time talking about that and talked a little bit about nickel and dimed and books about working class and that comes out on january 22nd so that's i think those are the only two non-fiction books on this list yes because i purposely didn't even put any yeah. non-fiction yeah um, cause I figured we'd get to it later. Yeah. Okay. Um, another book that we've discussed quite a bit, I think is the dreamers by Karen Thompson Walker. Yep. So that comes out also on the 15th. And, um, I actually took that down from the shelf and stuck it on my, on my night table. Cause I think I'm gonna try to get to that soon. So Karen Thompson Walker wrote the age of miracles, a book I loved about this. I guess it's a climate. What do they call this? Um, Climate dystopia, cli-fi, cli-fi. <laughs> climate dystopia novel about the Earth 
slowing down its spin so that days get longer and nights get longer. And that was a fascinating book. Love that book. So this is another um, dystopia, not necessarily climate driven, but it's about a, a virus going around that causes people to fall into these deep sleeps and have very vivid dreams. And it starts in a dorm room or a dorm in California, and then it starts to spread across the country. And I've read really good things about this. I got on Goodreads yesterday to see what people were saying, if they liked it as much as The Age of Miracles, and the reviews are really good. So that's going to be on my list to, to read early in 2019. You have me wanting to read The Age of Miracles. I feel like I probably had that book at one point, and I don't know if I let it go or not. I have to take oh, a look and really see. Oh, it's really good. I loved it. Because you've talked about it several times, mm-hmm. and the topic does sound really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dreamer sounds really good, too. Mm-hmm. The reason it's called The Age of Miracles, too, I thought that was cool, is um, not because of the time. It's because it's written about a girl who's 16, and people describe adolescence as the age of miracle because there's so much changing in your body and the world kind of opening up to you. So it's really like a coming-of-age right. story as much as it is – climate dystopia story. Uh, yeah, that was a good book. I think you'd like it. I'm going to check it out. Okay. So a couple of books that I have on the list, one is the suspect by Fiona Barton. I know I said that I was (laughs) going to stay away from the thrillers or whatever. And of course this is what I lead with. And probably because I, was so excited about reading this book because it's set in Thailand, which, you know, I was there a couple of years ago. I love Bangkok and, and Chiang Mai and the surrounding beach areas. So it is a novel set in Thailand. It's about this journalist who goes there to, she, she's estranged from her son. So here, here we go with this estranged, um, uh, mother, child, um, sagas. She's estranged from her son when she, and she's trying to distract herself from the fact that she is not in touch with him anymore. So she takes this assignment about, you know, like some murder that has happened over in Bangkok. And when she goes there and starts to investigate and starts to try to establish herself there and, and interview the grieving family, she discovers that it's her son who's accused of the crime. So then it becomes about, you know, her doing investigation to clear him and also to just sort of help him navigate this entire situation. Hmm. I saw that yesterday on the list and I didn't um, I didn't include it in mine, but I thought you might. You thought I might go for it? Yeah, just yeah, because I think and I have a couple of her books, Fiona Barton, she wrote. I was going to say she wrote The Suspect, but of course that's the book that I just talked about. But she writes, I think one was The Widower, or she has these two title. Yeah. I mean, well, one one word title because the other word is usually the. Right. Um, I've had a couple of her books. I've been wanting to read one of them because I hear, you know, like I hear good things about her. So I feel like this third book, you know, because of the setting is what's going to make me mm-hmm. sit down and read that book. Does she have a book that has like the Dakota on the cover? Like if some old timey New York apartment on Central Park building? Um, or am I making that up? You might be thinking of the, there's another one who has a, 
She has a, I want to say she has a, who wrote The Doll Maker or The Doll Oh, House yeah, I know. It's that author who yeah, yeah. wrote a book, of, I think, about the Dakota. But she wrote The Child and also The Widow, and now it's The Suspect. Oh, yeah, that's so. right. I saw that yesterday. That's right. The, the two word titles, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Did you like Jill Santopolo's first I book? I did, and I had no idea she had a new book coming out, and I saw you have it on the list, More Than Words. Yes. What is, is this a novel? She has a book. This is, it is a novel. Okay. Give us a scoop. Um, hold on. I have to go to my... She wrote The Light We Lost. Is that what it was? Right. That's a book about 20-somethings in London, and that's kind of like what happens to them after college. I did like that book. Okay. I feel like it got a lot of buzz when it was out. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I hear a lot of people say that they say something about The Light We Lost, and most of them enjoy it. Yeah. And I, want, and I thought that you had read it. Um... Hmm. I think I might have just flagged this mainly because you had read the other one. It says, Nina Gregory has always been a good daughter, raised by her father, the owner of New York City's Gregory Hotels. She was taught that family reputation and legacy are what matter most. Um, Tim is her devoted boyfriend. When Nina's father dies, he leaves behind a secret that shocks Nina to her core. Oh, love it. So... It's one of the, it's one of those. <laughs> Sounds good. Someone dies and a secret, secret comes out. Sounds like the DNA right. book. So and it says that she begins to um, view the men in her life very differently. Oh, um, yeah, I'm in, all over that in relation to this secret that she found out. So it's coming out on February 5th. Yes. So this is the perfect time to get yourself on a library hold list and hopefully be you know number ten. How do you as get on a hold list before the book comes out? Is that possible to do? Yeah, they put them up there. Like my library puts them up. I think somewhere if you're like six weeks, sometimes even eight weeks out, depending on the book, you could just go and it'll it says coming soon, but you can play you put a hold I on it. If DC and that's is, how I get. I don't think DC is on the ball like that. Really? No. I think that go to the website and look up more than words and see if you can put a hold on it. All right, I'm gonna try that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just really spoiled by New York's system when I take a look. I'll try um, because that. a lot of books I will get the actual day they come out because, you know, six to eight weeks before I'll we'll be looking up books that I want to check out and um, and just will, you know, put them through the search engine there and they'll be there already. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to try that. I'm not sure DC does it or Montgomery County because I do. I'm in both library systems, but I'll try. Montgomery County is Maryland. Um, okay, so I have one called Late in the Day by Tessa Hadley. Have you read anything by her before? No, I feel like I have books by her that I, but I haven't read. Yeah, and same here. And I actually just checked my blog to see if I had read anything by her, and I have not. So this is a book about two couples, and um, they've known each other for like 30 years. And then one of the men in one of the couples dies and it's about the repercussions of his death and how it affects the foursome and I think secrets come out and whatever but um I I like books like that like people who've been friends over the years and you know what happens to them so that comes out also on the 15th that's like the fourth book that comes out on the 15th of January it's a big day in publishing but um I don't know that looked good (laughs) I'm going to try to get my hands on yeah, that Yeah, she has written a whole bunch of books. I have... What has she written? Let me... Let's check that out. She's written this book called The Past, 
which I think I really wanted to read and just I really want to read a lot of stuff so I haven't read it. The London yeah, Train, London Clever Train. Girl, Clever Sunstroke Girl. and Other Stories. Oh, Mary Love Dreams and, Other and Other Stories. Stories. That's what I I do have one of her books at home. It's called Married Love mm-hmm. and Other Stories. And I have that book at home and have not read it. That's why her name was familiar to me. And there's also this one called Late in the Day. Did we possibly pick- That's the one Oh, that's the one. I, is that the one I'm talking about now? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why that looks right. familiar. Okay, because I just was talking about it. Did we possibly pick that up at BEA? Is it possible that's on my shelf? It. Might, I don't. I didn't pick it up. I don't know. That would be so funny if it's actually on my shelf and I've been talking about trying to get my hands on it. It <laughs> <That> would be <laughs> classic. My husband keeps trying to buy me these like um, apps or systems where you can like scan in all your books and then you keep track uh-huh. of them. And I'm just like, uh, I, I just like I know what I have. Like I don't necessarily want to go through the whole rigmarole of scanning them. And then see what I have. Can you even scan ARCs? Because I don't know if they have the barcode on them yet. I don't know. But, and now I've got them on the shelf, so I should be able to find out relatively quickly if I have this book. But every now and again, I'm like, it would be helpful to know. Yeah. um, Well, no. With ARCs, you can't because they they are not barcoded. It is bin number yet. Right. Okay. Well, I definitely want to get this one. Um, (laughs) It looks good to me. Oh, Ron Charles is currently reading it. That's exciting. Um, okay. So another one that I think that we have talked about before is An Anonymous Girl by Sarah Pekinen and Greer yep. Hendricks. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So this is the duo. Just a little refresher. Yeah, the duo of Sarah Pekinen and Greer Hendricks who wrote The Wife Between Us. Um, I believe that's an author-editor duo, right? Wasn't Greer Hendricks Sarah's yes. editor? She used to be, right. Yeah. And then she left that, and now I guess she's an author. Right. So I put this on here. Uh, I am, as you know, trying to stay away from the psychological thrillers. But I put this on here because we have read, read another one by her. I mean, I've read a bunch by Sarah Pekinen, and then we both read The Wife Between Us. And um, this one is about a woman who enters some study that t- gets more and more intrusive over time. And then the question is, who's behind this study, and why are they asking her all these questions? That's kind of as far as I got in the... Uh, in the description, you know this book's going to be all over the place because The Wife Between Us was a big, um, made a big splash when it came out. And, uh, you know, the two of them are back at it. Um, I have I'm not, I have a kind of a mixed relationship with Sarah Pekinen books. I've read a few of them. I didn't love them. I think she lives in my neighborhood, actually. Um, I didn't love them. Well, we think that Greer Hendricks was a good addition for her because they're just yeah. um, a little bit spicy. She writes really just like sedate fiction women's fiction yeah and it's like her stories they're they're nice and they're fun but i don't know they're missing that element of intrigue yeah i agree and there's like too much like name dropping of designer names i don't i don't don't (laughs) care for that at all so um yeah but i well i think those date your book too they do date your books i totally agree so I just put that on there. I don't know if I'll just really say someone stylish. Yeah, right. Yeah, expensive clothes. You don't need to say what brand they are. I completely agree. Right. So I don't know if I'll actually read this one, but I put it on there because I thought that our audience might be interested in it because um, because of the wife between us, which you and I both read. I probably, and liked. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, yeah, I liked it, and I think part of why I liked it so much was because it was Sarah. Pekinen, you know, I just was, 
I like that she was writing with more edge. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, and we'll see how much popcorn I read. I think that it's sort of like how we discussed on the last show with with your genres. You have to stack everything together. Like you have to just, I'm going to make a big master list of all the psychological fiction and go to read like what I think might be the best, like what has a really interesting premise. Because sometimes... You know, I read these books and it's just like, oh, okay. And and we'll see. Free Fall by Jessica Barry, whether it will be one of those books is which sort of why I said, I don't know if I can recommend it to you yet. You know, so far so good. But who knows if it's going to just take this crazy twist and just sort of be like everything else. Yeah. So I think I've hit the point with psychological fiction that I'm really just looking for something special. Yeah. They're like World War II books, which I actually have one of those on my list. So do I. That was the one I told you about that one at the Wolf's well, Table. all right, but I'll still put it on. I know. All right, talk about yours. What's your um, World War II story book? So mine is one that I sort of have mixed feelings about because I just feel like it will be done very well or it'll be really annoying. And it's one, it's called Annalise and it's by David R. Gillum. And it is, it's taking a look at Anne Frank's life and what it would have been like if she had survived. So I'm just, I think you're right. This could be really good or really bad. Right. So when I read this, that it's just like, you know, and they talk about, of course, the author has done extensive research into her life and has sort of extrapolated out, you know, like what what her path would have been had she survived and, you know, getting into the characterization, I guess, of other people who who might have lived. And so, yeah, so it's just one of those things that, yeah, I, I just don't know. I'm curious, very curious, because I just feel like either this will be a disaster mm-hmm. or, you know, this will be something that will give me more of an appreciation of her story and that time period and 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 probably, you know, like that poignant sort of loss feel, like what would have, what could have been, because that's, you know, ultimately what her story, I think why her story has resonated so much. Mm-hmm. So you just hope that, that, you know, that they were very careful with this book. Yes, seriously. I agree. So I had, I was just like, do I put this on the list? Mm. The author wrote this book called City of Women, which I remember being all over the place when it first came out. I think it was his first novel, and I think it was reviewed pretty well. So that was part of my tipping point where saying, you know, this is maybe worthwhile to check out. Yep. Well, the World War II one that I put on there, which you have mentioned on the show earlier, is called At the Wolf's Table. And it's about a group of women who are uh, forced to try to, t- to test Hitler's food before he eats it to make sure it's not poisoned. And it's about this group of women and how, you know, there's various factions that develop among them. And then some of them are, you know, true Nazi supporters and some of them are there just because they have to be there. And, um, I don't know, I, I tend not to read a lot of World War II fiction. I think for the same reason you don't, we're just sort of like sick of it at this point. But, um, I have the Tattooist of Auschwitz at home, which I got on Spivey Swap. And I don't know, this one sounded kind of interesting. I was just thinking like when I was writing up the description, like, you know, it's getting narrower and narrower, the, uh, sort of 
plot what, points. What we'll read yeah. from that. No, yeah. well, that, but also just that authors who want to write about that time period sort of have to work even, dig deeper to find a fresh angle. And so right. it's like, okay, how about the women food testers? And now we're going to get to, you know, the, the zookeepers. Because like, isn't there that movie about, like, some woman who uh, hid all these Jews in her zoo or something like yes. the Berlin Zoo. So, I mean, they, they have to – it's not enough to just have sort of a, a family drama. You have was to find Melanie, some angle. Was that a Melanie Benjamin book? I don't know. It's someone who was really popular with with historical fiction wrote The Zookeeper's Wife, and I can't Oh, yeah, of, Zookeeper's Wife, right, of course. Uh, I should have known that's what it was name. called. Oh, yeah, of <laughs> right. course. It was – Of course. So, yeah. <laughs> World War II about someone's wife. Yeah. So, I don't know. This one is like – getting narrow, narrower, narrower down, you know, but, um, I feel the same way about novels about slavery. Yeah. I think you're right. Like it's been done so much. Those are getting, you just have super narrow. Yeah. You just got to find something that's unique or fresh or different. It hasn't been done before. Well, this one, I actually, um, previewed a chapter and the writing looks good and I feel like it's going to be an interesting story. I have good feelings about it. I'll probably read that sooner rather than later. Okay. It may, it sort of, te- it may tempt me out of my, out of my, I don't know, my reading slump. Yep. Okay. What else? Okay. Here's what I'm really excited about called Golden Child by Claire Adam comes out at the end of the month. And it's a story set in Trinidad about a family who have two sons or twins, twin boys, and they are very different. One is kind of like the golden child. He's like perfect and achiever. And then the other one's very difficult and has a much harder time. And something happens where the parents are forced to choose to sort of, I don't know if it's sacrifice one of them, like in some way. Um, it's described as a Sophie's Choice-esque um, you know, plot point. And I don't know, it just sounded really good. That seemed, and it seems like that one's getting a lot of buzz. So had you heard of that one before? Yeah, I think, did we get this at BEA? I feel like I got it at BEA and then I got sent a couple of copies. I got, I made, um, for some ladies in my book club, I gave them a little package of books and it was, I think I included the maid. I included this book. And I also included the latest Andrew Shaw and Greer book that won the Pulitzer. Oh, Les. I, I want to really read like. that one. Yeah, Les. Okay. Um, I wish I had known that. I know. I think I may have another copy of that book. I'll just, I think I had three copies for whatever reason. Ooh, I'll take that <laughs> if you have it. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah. I may, yeah, actually, now that you mention that, I may have Golden Child also. I need to go take a look at my shelf. I would be surprised. I mean, because Golden Child seems like a type of book that you would like to read. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that I got at least one copy of that from Book Expo. So you must. Yeah, I may have it. You may have it. Yeah, I thought it was something like one of the children goes missing. And mm-hmm. maybe it's what they have to do to find him that they're not, you know, that there are some questions about because he's difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, uh, that's that book. And it's a nice, it's a nice short book. It seems like if you get into it, you could really. Oh, is it short? Yeah, it's not that long. Maybe 200, it's probably one of those, it's 220 pages or something like that. Even better. Okay. Um, What do you still have on your list that we haven't talked about? What's the Paragon Hotel? The Paragon Hotel is by Lindsay Fay, and she's an author that I really like. She writes these snappy historical 
detect- detective novels. I mean, they're s- snappy, but very smartly written. It was like the Gods of Gotham series that in New York in, you know, the time of, I guess, five points or whatever, there is a detective there and it's all about the formation of the uh, New York Police Department and what it was like. I guess that would have been in the early 1900s. So this is, she wrote a book, she wrote a retelling of the Jane Eyre book called Jane Steele, which was really good. So this one is another standalone. It's called The Paragon Hotel. It is, I want to say this woman goes, um, she gets herself into trouble and she has to be hidden. And she is a white woman, but she ends up hiding in this hotel that is run Either it's an African-American hotel or it has all African-American staff that are hiding her. And she ends up, you know, it's just like about what she learns and her being on the run or whatever and how this how this change changes her life to be a part of this community. Hmm. So looking forward to reading that. The other book that I have on my list that I thought I would mention is The Water Cure by Sophie McIntosh. And it's one of those, it's a dystopian novel. It is about um, this family who has basically removed themselves from society. We don't know a lot about the society, but it does not seem like it is a good place for women to be. And in the beginning of the book, the father, there is some questions about what has happened to him. Like, is he dead? Has he been killed? How has he been killed or is he just missing? So it is these women who are left alone in this house where they have barricaded themselves. It's sort of an insular island where they, you know, they have only been, it's three sisters who have only been brought up by their parents and they have some very sort of weird rituals that keep them pure and keep them safe. You know, you hear a lot about danger to women And, you know, in the first few chapters of the novel, as we get to know the sisters and their relationship with their mother and the rituals and what happens, these three men arrive. And, you know, it's just like this very tense book about what is going to happen with these four women on the island who, you know, when three men wash up on their shore. That sounds good. Yeah, I read it, you know. I, you know, I don't know if it's that I've read so many sort of dystopian novels where things have happened that I'm sort of getting to the point where the writing was good. It was a good, interesting story. I mean, it jumps between the point of view of the sisters. There's some elements of it that aren't clear. You know, I guess I want to say there's like an artistic um, component to it. I didn't love it. You know, I feel like it's a good book and it's interesting. And if people really enjoy it, it will be deserved. But I didn't love it. Okay. So. Um, All right. Well, I think the only one I have left here that I have not talked about yet is called Bowl Away by Elizabeth McCracken. So I've read a couple books by Elizabeth McCracken. I really like them. Um, There was one I read about, did you read that one about the boy who grows so tall? He has this like physical condition where he's just, you know, he grows to like eight feet tall. I forgot what that one was called. It's a long time ago, like pre-blogging. And I don't remember 
super long ago. I'm going to look up and see what else she's written. So I like her a lot, and she writes these kind of sad, quiet books. And she hasn't written, oh, oh, The Giant's House. That's what that one was called. That was really good. And maybe I haven't read anything else. I'm, I'm seeing some of the other books she put out. Um, short story collection, Niagara Falls all over again. Here's your hat. What's your hurry? An exact replica of a figment of my imagination. So I guess maybe. I read that one. Oh, you did. Was it any good? That one was super devastating. It was a memoir and I feel like it was her, her baby was stillborn. Oh yeah. And she talks about that and she talks about how you actually, you know, you know, there's this magic of the mind when you think a child is stillborn, you don't really think about what that means yeah. and the fact that the mother actually has to give birth and and what that entails. So she writes a lot about her experience. It was completely heartbreaking. Oh, I think yeah, it was one yeah, of the... Yeah, I'm reading these reviews. Um, yeah. Wow. It was really good. Yeah. So I haven't read any of her fiction, but I know her from that. Yeah, Okay. Well, she has a new book coming out that I have to say the description does not sound that appealing to me. So I'm a little bit on the fence. It's too confusing. Yeah, like as a woman who wakes up in this like field or something, I don't know. It's about a small town and a family in that town who has um, owns the bowling alley. And this woman wakes up in this field and she, I'm not really sure what her relevance is to the story. She's one of these family members. And it's described as Irving-esque, and I do not like John Irving. So when I read that, it <laughs> turned me off from this immediately. So I'm not really sure. His novels make really good movies. I mean, I, maybe. I just, I can't, I can't read his books. They're, I can't stand the, like, quirky, weird New England people. I just, it's just not for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I don't know. I'm, I, I've read about this. Once it comes out at the beginning of February, so this is a little bit outside of the, the, parameters of January it's February 5th and I'm gonna wait this one out and see whether people like it but if it's truly as like quirky and Irving-esque as it sounds I may give it a pass but I do really like her so I'll give it a look right yeah but that's a lot of stuff yeah I think we've covered a lot of ground here and I've got I think we've given people 12 books. And of course, you know, we'll always be updating you every week on what we're reading and what exciting thing is coming out. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of things in mind for 2019, just to put, make ourselves accountable. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of reading challenges that I've basically decided there's no way in hell I'm going to do, but we're going to talk about them anyway. So that's the pop sugar challenge. And then I found another one, the 52 books, the Goodreads 52 books one. Um, and I looked at... Oh, I don't know about that Oh, yeah, one. just Google that. Just send me the yeah, link. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Uh, it's like, it's kind of just like the Pop Sugar one. And I like, hit like four categories in a row that I was like, oh, yeah, there's no way. Um, and I'm going to be here to help Gail figure out that, yes, she can make a way. Yeah. I'm going to send you the spreadsheet I've been working on. Okay. So we're going to talk about these challenges and we're going to have a few challenges of our own. I think we're going to do a classic. We're going to do a book, a book club read every quarter, I think is what we decided, right? Or one from the challenge. We're going to read a book together every quarter that we can discuss. And we'll probably have some more um, guests on the show. I have some ideas of people we might try to get on the show, which I need to run by you, Nicole, before I announce them here. 
but um, I like the shows that we do when we have someone else on. So we'll have a few of those and uh, we'll do our usual. Yeah, I really want to do more of those. I had that in mind too. Okay, good. To maybe once a month talk yeah, to somebody. That's a good idea. And we'll do our previews as we get to different, you know, months or seasons, summer previews. We'll do our paperback book releases so that if you don't want to shell out for hardcover, you'll you'll know what's coming out. And um, then I'm sure we'll do some one-off episodes like we did last year, like the memorable books, memorable scenes and things like that. And we do want to do our men episode because Gail and I, what was it? Well, I mean, I feel like... I read 20 per- 20% of the books that I read are by men. And yeah, I think you, mine's even Did less. you have 30%? No, or no, your, no, yours was 10%, less. I really think. Low. Yeah, I just did my wrap-up post yesterday. It's, I haven't posted it yet, but it's it's sitting in draft. And, uh, yeah, I mean... So of 100 books, that, I mean, that means I read 20 that were by males. And if you, well, here, I'll tell you read 50 books a year, so you had five or six? Yeah, I'll tell you right now. It's um, I read 56 books... And of the fifty, and Gail's going to read sixty books. This That's my year. goal. Going to be yeah, amazing. my goal is sixty books. Um, I read. Okay, so my goal for next year, I already put this in here, is sixty books and twelve male authors. That'd be twenty percent, right? <laughs> and currently, I did um, eight male out of fifty-six. So, well, since I did twenty percent last year, I'll try for thirty okay. percent. So, if I read a hundred. 30 books by men. Whew. Yeah. That's a lot of Sounds men. That's tough. It's a lot of men. A lot of men. <laughs> Got to find some good men for you. <laughs> All the men. It's raining men. All right. Well, Happy New Year to our, our listeners. We are so grateful that you take the time to listen to us talk books. Um, love to hear from you guys. So if you've got something you want to say about the podcast or a book you've read, please feel free to reach out either – on, topic ideas yeah either on our facebook page uh the readerly report or the readerly uh report readers so we've got a, a closed facebook group that we'd love to get more people in or you can leave a review on itunes or you can just email us so um we'd love to hear from you and and hear what you think of it and if you like the show share it with a friend tell tell your other bookish friends about it so that um we can share these books with a bigger audience thanks so much for listening to this episode of the readerly podcast you can find issues of readerly at readerlymag.com and you can find me gail blogging at every day i write the book which is at every day i write the book blog.com and nicole at linus's blanket which is linusesblanket.com Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.